guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. This is Chloe welcoming you to another episode of the Made for This podcast. Today, you guys get to hear from Jenny and Ann Voskamp. Ann is an author and has an amazing blog that you guys should check out. We'll make sure to include all of her info in the show notes for you. But as we were thinking about this week and what we could do for Thanksgiving, Anne immediately came to mind because she truly has lived out this radical gratitude. And she wrote a book called 1000 Gifts. And I know that if you haven't read it already, you need to go get a copy. But she is going to help us look at this week differently. And I know that you will just love this interview. So here are Jenny and Anne. So, Anne, I don't know if anybody has shaped my view and honestly, our generation's view of gratitude more than you have with your words and with your life. And so it's such an honor to well, have you the here grace today. and the gift is all mine. I don't know if, if anyone has shaped me. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> shaped me to be such a word warrior and what discipleship looks like and how we fight for our sisters to actually work that word down into our life than you have for our entire generation, Jenny. So it is a grace and a gift to share the space with you today. So if you don't know, Anne and I are really good friends. I mean, really good friends. It's not a public facing friendship. It is a private dirt under your fingernails, which is our constant language with each other kind of friendship because we have, I mean, Anne, you were beside me from the first minute just about that I thought of If Gathering. And through these years, we've adopted children, we've watched God change lives around us, and we've also watched God change our lives in these years. Deeply, and fought for each other in hard places, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, that's the stuff, that's the privilege I feel, is just that we have gotten to see the stuff that you can't post on the internet in each other's mm-hmm. lives. And and I can just say that, and I say this constantly about you, Anne, that your faith what people see in your words and on the internet is a fraction of what is in in real life for you. And so it's just, you know, you're the kind of person I want to put in front of everyone and say, follow her as she's following Christ. You're holding on to me. We're all holding on to each other. We're going to just lean into <laughs> Jesus to get us all over the finish line here, Jenny. I know. And we have requested houses on the same street from God when we get to heaven, because <laughs> we live in different countries right now, Anne. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about gratitude. This is such a passion of yours. Why don't we start with that? Why has this subject been oh. something that has truly haunted your life? I mean, you yes. you are so close to it and preached it all your life. I think it's, I think it's because I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I think... Um, I don't believe well, it. I was raised in a home of non-believers. My father is a perfectionist to the nth degree. And he just, nothing is ever good enough for himself and what he does in his life. And he raised all of us kids that we, we had to work harder and push harder. And it, you weren't there yet. You weren't there yet. So when you raised with sort of a perfectionistic kind of mindset, that's sort of like 
the opposite in every sense of gratitude. And then I met my good husband, who was raised in um, such a Bible-believing home. And I got saved through Good News Bible Club that his mama ran with um, Child Evangelism Fellowship. And I was so struck by his father, who punctuated literally (laughs) every sentence with, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And he still does it to this day, which was such a mind shift for me, a complete paradigm shift to to live in a posture of gratitude all of the time. And then um, marrying Daryl, he is such a man of gratitude. I remember we were in a Bible study um, and they had an icebreaker and we were each supposed to write down sort of our pet peeve that we really didn't like at all. And mix all the our notes up of our pet peeves and pull them out of a hat and then read the, what we read on or read what was on the sheet and then say who did we think it was? And my husband wrote on his little slip of paper that his pet peeve were people that weren't grateful. <laughs> and mm. he has taught me so much. I think we write about the things, Jenny, that we're trying to work out in our own lives. We write about the things that God wants to to do the deep work in us. And I think, you know, for me, writing writing so much about gratitude and gratefulness was about me working through my own perfectionism, me trying to shift my perspective for things weren't good enough, I wasn't good enough, seeing the one blot on a white page as opposed to focusing on the white page and all that is good. It's, it's God doing deep work in me and my husband having deep patience with me so that I could shift my, my perspective from seeing all that was wrong to seeing what is good and true and pure and right so that I could see that God God's hand is present in all of these things. Because, Jenny, I can honestly say, and I can say this post-writing 1,000 Gifts, that entitlement has been the worst thing that has ever happened to me. That when I've had an attitude of entitlement, I have wrecked relationships and done deep damage in my own soul. Mm. So that saying that post-1,000 Gifts, to confess that and say that, Gratitude isn't a one-time thing. It is something, it is a a posture of life. It's a way to walk and live constantly. It's not something we check off our list and say, I've got that now under my belt and I'm done with that. It is a daily walking in gratefulness. As the road changes ahead of you and as things get harder or the road gets steeper in some ways, how now can I still give thanks in this, knowing that God is sovereign and he is good and he's working all things for good so I can give thanks in everything. Let's talk about the discipline of it, because anybody that has read your books or heard your story knows that this gratitude for you comes from darkness. Like there has, there was, there were plenty of reasons to not be grateful in your life. And yet God gave you this vision for a different way. So, and I know that that comes through discipline. That isn't something that just you feel in your heart. It's something you choose every day. Yeah, because you know what? I mean... Feelings often don't tell us the facts of things. Our emotions, we are supposed to feel them, but then the emotions, it has motion right in there. They are The emotion is to move us to God. So I think, you know, we feel our feelings, but then we need to have our own spiritual disciplines and habits day in and day out that ground us and root us in the truth of who God is and change our perspective. And it's something, Jenny, I still, I am still writing out actually two lists every day, a gratefulness list and a givenness list. So we get to the end of every day and I try to write out 10 things that I am grateful for every day 
And I think it's really tempting sometimes to write out the big things. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful to live in this country. I'm thankful for my salvation in Christ. Those are all right and true and good. But I think the real deep work starts to happen is, can you give thanks for the smallest things and be attentive to mm. and notice small things in your life? So can you write down 10 things every day, th- three things every day, five things every day that you, the small things, because what that does, it starts to shift your perspective throughout the day to notice these small moments, God in the moment, grace in the moment, and write those down. And then I have a givenness list. Can I write out the ways that I took the grace and the goodness and the kindness of the Lord that I've been given, then how did I pass that on? How did I live broken and given and be a gift back out into the world? And Jenny, that list is always far shorter than the list of gratefulness, all the ways that he has been good to me. So I think, because I really believe that at the the crux of everything, how do we live a cruciform life, a life that is shaped like the cross, shaped like the life of Jesus? You need to live that vertical Mm -hmm. beam of God gives things, to me, the graces come down, and then how does my thanks rise back to him? And then how do I then stretch out the horizontal beams of the cross, look broken mm. and given, and give that grace on? Because I think, I think what happens is when we live a life of gratitude, a daily practice of gratitude, we start to see that we move from this the myth of scarcity that I don't have enough in my life to start to see that oh wow, look at the this abundance. I am living in of all of the grace and goodness and gifts that the Lord give me that now I can't keep them to myself. It moves you from contemplating the goodness of God to now being an activist, passing the grace and goodness of God out into a broken world that, that needs to be you know, the shalom and goodness of God. So sometimes we think of gratitude as something that um, is really sort of self-centered and narcissistic in some way. We're just focused on all of the things that we've been given. But I think when we really work that down into our life, we see we've been given so much that we are Esther's in the palace for such a time as now to pass those gifts on out into the world. So, and we model it to our kids every evening. (laughs) When I start my, my gratefulness list, I'll do it with Shiloh. And she gets so frustrated with me because I start to think of it. Oh, and I'm grateful for this. And Shiloh, what else are we grateful for? And she says, mama, mama, it's my turn. It's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) But to model to our kids that, there's so much to be grateful for and to move that attitude from entitlement that we need more. Because, I mean, really, honestly, Jenny, incoming all the time in terms of advertisements and everything around us is you need more, you need more, you need to be more, you need to get more, you need to consume more. And we need to shift that attitude all the time to what can I be grateful for in this moment? There's so much goodness that God has given me. So I think um, it's been actually really interesting because um, I think it'll be next year. It'll be the 10th anniversary of 1000 really? gifts. Yeah. And um, so I, I wrote yeah. 1000 gifts when my kids were all little knee biters. And now to have kids who are adults, Levi is our third son, our fourth child who is now, he turns 19 this December. And he didn't tell me, but one of the other kids told me, hey, did you know that Levi's reading 1,000 gifts right now? <laughs> I was like, whoa. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 you don't want to go reading your mama's words. And so when uh, he came in from barn chores the next morning, I said, hey, somebody told me you're reading 1,000 gifts. And he smiled shy and said, well, mom, I realized that I really had a discontented spirit 
And I wanted to change my heart to have a grateful heart. And I thought, you know what? What book would teach me more about gratitude than 1,000 Gifts? Oh, my word. And he said... He said, I've been writing out a grateful list every single night, mom. Oh. So it's um, it's modeling it for your kids, right? But our little yeah. list, she's like five and she's every night. It's my turn to tell what I'm grateful for, mama, right up to like your kids in their 20s going, you know what? I needed an attitude shift and I needed to write down the things I'm grateful for. So I think whether you're four or 94, gratitude shifts our pers- joy is a function of gratitude and gratitude is a function of perspective. So I don't need to change my life so much as I need to change my perspective to see all of the good and the goodness. Because lots of times what we think is, I will be grateful when I can see all of the things that I'm happy about. But lots of times, look, if you can shift your perspective and choose to be grateful, you will find the joy that you're looking for. You don't have to change your life as much as you change your perspective. So let's talk about the, I mean, I want to go back to a moment in your life and even in the last year, or so, where you've had to come back to terms with this, mm-hmm. where this had to, you know, where where you felt that entitlement grow and you had to choose gratitude again? Oh, Jenny, I will have been married, well, this is years, our 25, 25 years of being married. Oh. Um, and God's been gracious and kind, and Daryl is the far better half. And I realized that I had let entitlement slowly grow in our marriage, Jenny, where I thought, you know, if you loved me, you would do X, Y, or Z. If you confronted me, I I don't know if I would have seen it off the top, but over time it Mm -hmm. grew in my heart. And I actually, I actually, Mm -hmm. Jenny, I had to start to, uh, gratitude general every day. I wrote down the things that I was grateful for in my husband and grateful for in my marriage because there are things that can happen in your marriage and you focus on what the other person has done wrong. I put that in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> I know. I know that man. I know you. <laughs> and Because I, I would keep approaching him to go and talk to him about and apologize. And all oh, the enemy could really weevil in there. And I would, instead of me confessing what I had done wrong, I would... The enemy, is, he's the prosecutor, and he would get me all riled up, but, but he did this, but he did that. And I would be back to, yeah, right, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> and what really does good work in my heart, Jenny, is sit down and write out the things that I'm grateful for in my husband. And that, that quiets, that puts duct tape over the enemy's mouth, and where I could focus on all of the good in my husband and start to look for all of the ways he lays down his life for me day in and day out. And I think, you know, that kind of discipline of realizing gratitude, I'm being grateful to the Lord for things, but I also, how can I turn around in a relationship that I am struggling with? And sometimes that might be a a relationship with a parent. It might be a relationship with one of your children. It might be your own marriage relationship, a friendship. Sit down and write down the things that you are grateful for in that relationship. And the Lord starts to open your eyes to see all of the good in the other person and tenderly and kindness starts to open your eyes to where was I entitled in this relationship as opposed to I am so grateful. And I think realizing, Jenny, if I am deeply grateful for the grace that God has given me, how can I not then extend you the same grace that I've been given? And that starts to shift my paradigm and shift 
relationships that I that I've allowed to be tainted with entitlement back to a place of I am so grateful for who you are and who God has made you to be and who he's growing you to be in Christ. So um, that has become a practice when I'm really struggling in a relationship is, okay, I'm going to sit down every day and write down things I'm grateful for in this relationship. And that doesn't mean we don't have hard conversations and gratitude. That doesn't mean that we go ahead and we just slap a, a good veneer over things, but it shifts it so that I have a right perspective of the person. I have a right perspective of me in the relationship. And then we can go and, and go to hard places and have deep conversations framed though, and rooted in a place of, I am so grateful for who you are. I feel like gratitude is kind of this lost art in our day. What do you think it is? What do you think is keeping people? Is it a fear? Is it just a discipline? What 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 do you think keeps us from it? I think, you know, Jenny, I think sometimes it's a sense of we want to be authentic people. And I think sometimes there's a fear that if I step towards gratefulness and gratitude, I will lose authenticity that it means that I can't go ahead and be honest about how things are hard. It's good. I can't go ahead and lament. I can't go ahead and wrestle hard with God. There's sometimes that I think there's a sense that if I am obedient to God and live a life of gratitude, that he's sometime, somehow asking me to slap on a mask that isn't authentic. And I don't think that's a right perspective of gratitude. I think God's asking us to be grateful for what he is giving us. And at the same time, God is so big. He can take our wrestling. He can take our pounding on his chest with our doubts. He can take our laments. And lament is different than complaining. Complaining says, this is wrong. And I don't know if God is good. A lament gets to say, this hurts. And I don't know if this is good, but I know and I trust that God is still good. If we are living a life of gratitude, we say, I am grateful for this, Lord. I am grateful for you as the giver, and I trust your sovereignty and that you're working all things out for good, and I can bring this pain to you. We see that all through the Psalms. David says brutally hard things to God, almost audaciously honest with the Lord. And God takes all of that because David is rooted and grounded in who the character of God truly is. Gratitude doesn't mean that I am not honest about my feelings. And I think gratitude, actually, I think I think somehow, Jenny, sometimes there's a sense that being a cynic and being jaded is sort of hip yeah. as opposed to, you know what? I can be honest about how difficult things are and that does not negate the goodness of God yeah. or that I can be grateful for these things. And sometimes even being grateful for the very hard thing because in the hands of God, God takes the hard things and he makes them into good things. He takes the good things and he makes them into forever things that can never be taken away from us. And all of the best things are still ahead of us still. So I don't think we have to be afraid of, of naming something hard. And at the same time saying this hard thing, God is going to make this into a gift that's a good thing in my life. Can we sit in the middle of hard places and say that faith gives thanks in the middle of the story. I don't know how the story ends yet, but I know that God is going to use it for good. So I will give thanks in the middle, knowing that God holds the ending. I don't think choosing a lifestyle of gratitude in any way says that we can't be honest, authentic, genuine people. 
Well, I think it's the power of both, right? I mean, that was what 1000 Gifts was. It was like the raw grit of like the worst in life mixed with a joy and a, and a peace that surpassed understanding. It is. And I think that if we go ahead and live in choose, it's a choice to choose a life of yeah. gratitude. And I think, I think yeah. you have to look at, does cynicism, does jadedness, does any of that lead me towards joy? <laughs> and I'm not sure it does. I think a life of gratitude leads me closer to joy. I'm going to say it. It does, it does not. not. It does not. <laughs> I'm going to call it. We've made an idol out of cynicism as those are the wise ones that see the truth. And and I think we all see the truth. It's just what do we choose to focus on and how do we speak about I, it? I think that's exactly it. What do we choose to focus on? And choosing to focus on great gratitude does not mean, it's not either or. In my own life, choosing to focus on gratitude has not gone ahead and made me blind to the injustice in the world or the pain in the world. Or passive, yeah. It actually, Jenny, has made me more tender and made me more passionate mm. about the pain and the injustice and the wrong in the world. Because as I have been so moved by the goodness of God, I want to take that goodness of God out into those brokenhearted places in the world. So I don't think I don't think it's either or. I think actually in the paradoxical ways of God, the more rooted you are in gratefulness, the better activists you will be in those brokenhearted places as opposed to I don't think cynicism actually makes you an honest truth-telling activist at all. Yeah. And I just think we are full of hope, right? Like that's what we carry no matter what we are going going to face on this earth. Like there there is a hope that is intrinsic to those that believe in Christ and eternity that brings light into darkness, right? I mean that that's ultimately what what gives us gratefulness and the ability to not become cynical is we have this ultimate hope. I think that in Christ we can live in the tension and hold space for both all that we are grateful for and all that is not yet. And trust that mm. the not yet is going to be made into good. We don't have to live in sort of this um, the dichotomy of either and the dissonance of either or because either right. or isn't healthy and isn't holistic and it doesn't bring a full picture of shalom. If we live just in gratitude that denies all of the dark in the world or if we are cynical and jaded and live in the dark and deny all that's good, I think because of Christ in us. He makes us large enough to hold both of those spaces in tension and trust that he is making all of the dark into light and that us choosing to look and focus on the light allows us to go into the dark places and bring the light. Mm. I know. I think of the Lord's prayer in this. It's it's a mm. petition to God of, you know, give us this day our daily bread, but also how it ends, which is your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a yearning and a longing and an already not yet that God says, this is how you petition me. And so there is, you know, a heart of gratitude, but also a longing for more. And I mean, and that defines you. It defines well, I, you <laughs> who you are at your core. You are the, you are the irony of both. Well, I just think that, <laughs> I think sometimes we get concerned that if I give thanks Gratitude maybe comes from a place of privilege. That if I give thanks, that must mean that your life is easy and comfortable. And I think the true transformative, courageous change comes when I give thanks in hard places. And I choose mm. to be so grateful for what God's given me that I'll walk into hard places and I will sit in broken places and share what I've been given. 
God's given enough to the world if we'll go ahead and share what he's given. So I think, can we go ahead and see that the gratefulness doesn't come from a place that allows you to stay in the place that you are? If you are grateful, that gratitude, mm. I think grace always starts movements, Jenny. And that if you've truly been yes. moved by yes. grace and moved to gratefulness, it'll move you out into the world to share that grace with others. So this week is Thanksgiving, and I want to get really practical. Yeah and talk about what this week people could do around their tables with their families. And we all know this time of year can be complicated and loaded Ooh. and provide <laughs> lots of moments for dissension. But what would it look like to just build in practices of Thanksgiving, even in this week as we're with family? I think, you know what, maybe it looks like, I think sometimes we so look forward to these, these holidays we get to gather together and at the same time there's part of us that sort of braces and um, feels great trepidation about moving into those family spaces that can be kind of tender and raw so maybe it looks like on the front end opening up a journal and saying okay this is this might be a person that i might find difficult in this coming week can i write down some things that i am grateful for for this particular person. So it sort of tenderizes our heart on the front end that I think might help us um, have a different perspective as we move towards gathering around tables. Can you go ahead as you move towards Thanksgiving and start to look for little things that you're grateful for every day, really small things that you're grateful for and write those things down. And then can you look for things that you're grateful for in someone who you would quote unquote see as the other? That might be someone who holds different political views than you. That might be someone who culturally is very different than you, whose faith might look very different than you. Because I think Christ calls us around tables to bring about unity. He calls he says that we will they will know us by our love and our compassion and our unity with one another. So I think once we start to really open our eyes and look for what we're grateful for in someone who is the other, we'll see that there is actually a lot more similar about us than there is different. And then what would it look like this week to go ahead and actually actionize that gratitude and put feet on it and take something that you've been given and move it out into the world to someone who is in need? So that might look like serving somewhere. That might look like the food bank somewhere. That might look like some kind of organization that you would really like to support this week. Because I think gratitude has to move out into the world. And that does deep good in us. And actually, Jenny, what they say is one of the most powerful things we can do is actually write a letter of gratefulness to someone. And that might be someone who shared the faith with you. That might be a Sunday school teacher. That might be someone in elementary school. It might be an old neighbor. It might be someone and you might not even pass that letter on, but writing a letter to somebody who's caused deep pain in your life. Can you write a letter of gratitude to the Lord about how God used even that for good in your life? Moving towards Thanksgiving, it has to be more than cerebral gratitude. It's how do we now actually live intentionally a lifestyle of gratitude that does move us out of our comfort zone, but moves us more into God's kingdom, God's shalom. I know that a lot of you are listening as you're driving or you're listening as you're running and you're not sitting there by a pen and paper, but I would really challenge you to go home from this, pick up a pen and a paper and do one of the things that Ann just said, because there is 
not necessarily transformation in more knowledge and just hearing truth, but there is always transformation when you take a risk and you act out of faith and obedience. I have seen that again and again in my life. And I'm telling you what Anne just shared, that's risky. Each one of them is risky. So I would just encourage you, do not just turn this podcast off and move on to the next one. Stop for just a second. And this week, this week that's a little bit slower, hopefully for you, that you get a little time off, a little bit of space that you could just do one thing that could actually shift a relationship and at the very least shift your heart. And thank you so much oh, for being here. so, so good. Because you know what? Gratitude, they say, gives us, if you write out three things that you're grateful for every day, you will find that you have your 25% happier within six weeks. So if someone told you, hey, can I make you 25% happier for free? All you have to do is pick up a piece of paper and a pen and start to write down three things that you're (laughs) grateful for. Who wouldn't do that, Jenny? You know, if it doesn't take very long. It doesn't take five minutes a day. It doesn't take two minutes a day to write down three things that you are grateful for and start to see the Lord do deep work in your soul. Well, and what a testament of your life. And I think of all those journals and all of those lists that you've made day after day. And And God is still doing that work in me, Jenny. I write down the things that I'm grateful for every single day. He is shifting my perspective to see his goodness in the hands of God. Sometimes I can't see his hand. As I start to write down the things I'm grateful for, I start to see his heart in all things. He's making all things into good, Jenny. Okay, Anne, will you pray for everybody? Oh, it would be my grace and gift to do that, Jenny. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who loved us to death and back to the realest life. We are most grateful for the cross. We're most grateful, Lord, that we get to set apart some time this week to work the concept, the call of gratitude down into our life that we might be an obedient people. Your word says that it's your will that we give thanks in all things. So Lord, we know that moving forward, that you want us to be a people of gratitude, a people that remember all of the broken things get remembered as we remember all of your good gifts, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we gather around tables this week, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart might be one's that reflect a grateful heart, Lord. Because where there is a a grateful heart, Lord, there is a heart of joy that finds deep trust, Lord, in your way and your will. Where we know that um, there are people moving towards this holiday who feel tender and raw. And it's hard, Lord, where they are to find something to be grateful for. We pray, Lord, that you would just wrap yourself in a real intangible way around that person right now. And that they could start to give thanks for who they are in you. And that you would tenderly and gently open up their heart to see that there is even just one thing to be grateful for right now. And that you would lead them on a journey of gratitude. Because that in that, a life of gratefulness, we find what we really want, which is joyfulness in you. The giver, whom we can trust, is using all things for our good and for your glory, Lord, and working it out for ultimate eternal good, Lord. We just trust you, Lord, with this week. Pray that you would take our cynicism, Lord, and that you would turn it, Lord, towards gratefulness, that we might be people that could hold the tension of the dark and the grace and the good and know that you are making all the sad things come untrue because of Jesus. 
We pray these things in his holy and right and good name for whom we are so grateful, Lord. Thinking of Romans 8:32, if you did not withhold your only son from us, how will you not also give us all good things that we need? We pray these things, all this in his name. Amen.